You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, to the second edition of the Saturday Scouting Report. I am Joe DeLeon here with Big Blue View, as well as being joined by Chris Flum. As we did on the last show, we highlighted Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker. If you haven't tuned into that episode, folks, be sure you go back and listen. We talked about Parsons, who he is as a prospect, and why the Giants should possibly select him. Today's episode, another prospect highlighting one guy every single week. That is Jamar Chase, another player that has opted out. Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, six foot, 207. Very, very talented. Chris, this guy was so much fun for me to watch because he is a playmaker, but not only a playmaker in one dimension. This guy can do so many different things on the field, and there's a big reason why he was so productive just as a sophomore on a team that was filled with tons and tons of weapons yeah he he plays really all over the field in that lsu offense and yeah i'm right there with you he this tape was a ton of fun to watch because jamar chase is so talented but also getting to watch joe burrow in that lsu offense everybody in that lsu offense that machine was just clicking all season long and jamar chase was a big reason why yeah he's got good size, good speed. He's not the freak X receiver we're used to seeing come out as the top of the depth chart in the draft, but he's just so good at so many things. You know, he's quick, he's got solid size, he's got enough long speed, and he is just a very angry player. He plays physical, he plays through contact, uh, one thing I notice is he seems to actually enjoy blocking for his teammates and he will move defensive backs. Yeah, he is so high motor. He has a ton of energy. He's an aggressive guy. He's not like some receivers you see in college where if the ball is not going their direction, if it's not a, a passing play or if it's a design play where the ball is thrown to the opposite end of the field, where they'll kind of walk off their route or jog off the route. This dude goes as hard as he can, and he plays way stronger than he actually is. It's worth noting, Chris, that his production is not the result of being on a team with a quarterback that is not very good and him being the only receiver. We've seen that happen with guys that have their stocks boosted. Like Corey Davis, I think, is a really good example. He set a bunch of records. Zay Jones is another really good example. Both of them set a lot of receiving records in college, and their draft stocks improved because of that production and the amount of touches and targets that they saw. 
for Jamar Chase's case, Joe Burrow wasn't just locking in on Jamar Chase. There were so many guys playing around him. Thaddeus Moss, uh, Justin Jefferson, they even got touches to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield. That's just a small handful of the guys that Joe Burrow had the ability to throw the ball to. It's not like he was the only player getting all the touches. Yeah, that offense did a spectacular job of distributing the ball. Uh, Defenses rarely knew where it was going when it was snapped. But even so, Jamar Chase put up just stupid numbers last year. It it was a high-volume passing attack, so he still got 84 catches. But he picked up 1,780 yards. That's 21.2 yards per catch and scored 20 touchdowns. And that is in an offense where... It wasn't going through him. Jefferson, Edwards Lair, Moss, those guys all got touches. They all served to advance the ball. And just having that level of production really speaks to the caliber of player that Jamar Chase is. In terms of his athletic ability, he's not a guy that is going to run a 4-3. He's not a Henry Ruggs. He's he's not a John Ross, but he is very, very fast. He's uh, We would project him to be in that 4-4-5, 4-5 range for his 40. He might run faster than that, but in terms of his play speed, that's about where it looks for us. He also has very, very quick feet. I think that gives him a, a lot of added boost as a route runner and also adding to his run-after-catch potential. He can juke guys out. He has speed. He can make plays. He's not a guy that's just going to make a catch, and then he's done if he gets tackled. He will fight for extra yards because he has that motor, and he has the athletic traits to back it to get him free. Yeah, and he is able to get off the line of scrimmage really easily. I noticed there, you don't see too much press man coverage in college, but I did notice teams tried to jam him at the line of scrimmage and it didn't really work. Used his hands really well, really good footwork at the line of scrimmage, and he was able to get into his rollouts, into his routes with really very little wasted motion. He didn't get knocked off of them at all, and he had just spectacular timing on some plays with Joe Burrow. Speaking about those routes, for me, Chase is such a fluid route runner. There are very limited wasted steps in the routes that he runs. He's got a pretty diverse route tree. They used him in a number of different facets. We'll talk about that versatility in a second, but he can do a lot of different things. I I would say his one of his best routes is his slant route. He will come right off of his cut as if he did not change momentum whatsoever. He doesn't have to alter his speed like some guys do. That fluidity as a route runner helps him get open a lot easier. And then also some of the stuff that you talked about, Chris, where he is not very easy to slow down at the line of scrimmage. So he gets off the ball quickly, and then he runs his routes efficiently to help him get open even quicker. Yeah, and he really does run a full route tree. I saw him run, like you said, slants. He runs those very well. Uh Stick routes, comebacks, curls. He can get down the field. He's got enough speed. He's He does a good job of lengthening his stride in the open field to really chew up yardage when he's on uh, corner, go, post routes, things like that. And all, and that LSU offense, it used him all over the place. You know, X receiver right up on the line of scrimmage, uh, slot receiver, flanker. It, he even lined up as a running back on occasion. And... He, he's just so difficult 
to match up with four defenses because that versatility of his, it, it really let Joe Brady scheme matchups for him, you know, match him up on a safety or put him where defenses expect him to be to draw coverage to open things up for other players. Exactly. Joe Brady was using Chase as a movable piece within their offense. You saw him, like you said, line up in the slot. And you could argue that he might project better used as a slot receiver, mostly because of his ability to play through contact. But he does play on the outside. He can move around. You even mentioned how he played running back for a couple of snaps. The one I remember was against Alabama where he motioned into the backfield he has the type of athletic makeup that he could take a carry if you really wanted to give him one. But that ability to play through content uh, contact, I think, really highlights his biggest strength as a receiver. He's not easily pushed off routes like we talked about, but if he goes up to play the ball, he is not afraid for anything, anyone to come at him and for anyone to hit him when he's trying to make a catch, and he will fight for it. He could maybe use some uh, improvements in some contested situations, but that's something that is just going to improve with more reps. Yeah. Generally, I'm a big fan of his ball skills. He tracks the ball really well downfield. He makes very good last second adjustments. He doesn't give DBs a whole lot of time to react when he goes up to get the ball. And he does have some drops, but he also has really strong hands where he can hold on to the ball around a defensive back or have a defensive back swiping at the ball as they're going to the ground and he'll hang on to it. We're going to discuss his pro projection and why he's a fit with the Giants. Before we do so, we're going to take a really short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chris, during our roundtable episode, we talked about the possibility of the Giants being in a position to draft first overall and what that would mean for the Giants' offense. Well, I don't exactly foresee that happening based on the fact that the Giants are probably through their most difficult stretch of the season. So the Giants, realistically, if, if they continue on this trajectory, they'll probably be picking in the 5-10 to 10 range, maybe a little bit earlier than that, making them in an open position to draft Jamar Chase. He's one of the few receivers that is going to be considered to be drafted in the top 10. Now, he could slide a little bit just based on how receivers tend to move Come the draft cycle starting, Jerry Judy was talked about as a top 10 pick, but ended up moving a little bit back and then ended up going after his teammate, Henry Ruggs. So Chase might not go exactly in the same exact spot, but he's likely going to be a top 10 pick. Regardless, he's the type of guy that can have an immediate impact. He's a guy that can be a huge top performer in games as a rookie, like an Odell, like a Mike Evans, like a DK Metcalf. He has that kind of a skill set. Yeah, he well, he isn't exactly the same as those guys because yeah, they're all athletic freaks. You know, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, human beings that big should not be that athletic. And we all know just what kind of athlete Odell Beckham is with that lower body explosiveness, the just extreme quick twitch to his game. 
But I do definitely agree that Jamar Chase is going to have an immediate impact. He's going to step on the field as a number one receiver in some offense. You know, if I'm looking to make a pro comparison for him, you know, I kind of went back and forth, you know, maybe a little bit of Amari Cooper, uh, maybe some Jerry Judy, you know, just last year. Daniel Jeremiah sa- says he sees some Anquad and Bolden and Steve Smith Sr. in Chase's game. And I can see that as well, just because of how angry he plays. For me, I kind of settled on Hakeem Nix when he was coming out of North Carolina before he got really beat up with injuries. You know, those first three years or so, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, where, you know, no, he wasn't the biggest or most athletic receiver in the NFL, but he could run every route from every position. He would routinely fight through contact and he played so much bigger and so much faster than he measured. He always had those big, strong hands. So to me, that's the kind of player I expect Jamar Chase to be coming out of LSU. From what I've discussed with some other people that are are draft analysts and and covered the draft, I have to say from what they've told me, Chase is one of the hardest players to to pull up a comparison for. But all those little bits and pieces do, do really fit for me. Like you said, you brought up Anquan Bolden. You brought up Steve Smith Sr., and Hakeem Nix also sounds like a really good one for me. The general gist of his play style is aggressive, not afraid of contact, will go up and make a play on the ball despite not being the biggest receiver. He's only six foot around 210. That's not that big for a receiver. But one thing is for sure, despite him not being the same type of player as the guys that I mentioned, he can have an immediate impact with an offense. So if the Giants chose to take him, he would immediately take over a, a large amount of targets for Daniel Jones. And that's something that the Giants really do need right now because they are lacking in having a, a top-end elite receiver to get the ball to. Yeah, and we do see that show up time and again in the Giants' offense. You know, Sterling Shepard, he's a nice receiver. He's able to work himself open. But the Giants just don't have anybody who commands that kind of attention or that guy who is, even when he's covered, he's still open, who can split bracket coverage, who can just disregard double teams and come down with the ball. I think we've seen, you know, really over the last, this year and last year, how their offense has suffered for not having that guy. Chris, to wrap up today's show, as we did last week, there are some pretty big games that we're going to be watching this weekend. For me, the first one that's so important is Virginia Tech-UNC. That game is being played at noon, two ranked teams. Actually, all these games are ranked matchups, but uh, Sage Surratt in this game for me is is going to be, I'm going to be paying attention to, and then also uh, Daz Newsome. So there's some key players. Caleb Farley not playing in this game because he opted out, but UNC has some talented uh, pieces on their, their defense. Yeah, then... That, that's at noon, 3.30, you've got uh, Tennessee, Georgia. Georgia has some... Giants fans might be a little gun-shy about uh, Georgia defensive backs right now, but they've got some good ones. Uh, you know, I, I like both of their corners. Uh, count at safety. If the Giants are looking to further reinforce their secondary, that would be a good game to scout. I just want to provide a quick correction. I mixed up Chaz Surratt with his brother, who's a receiver at Wake Forest, uh, Chaz Surratt is a linebacker at UNC, as I was saying, big key player for their defense. The Giants certainly do need some playmaking linebackers, somebody maybe on day two that they could be exploring. And then lastly, other game that, that's just huge for a number of big players, Clemson, Miami at 730. 
Trevor Lawrence is someone that regardless of your team's quarterback situation, you have to pay attention to. If you're with the first overall pick, you have to consider drafting him. Also, Jackson Carmen, one of their tackles, very talented. Giants don't really need a tackle, but he could uh, be a player worth considering if they want to make some adjustments and some movements. Quincy Roche, pass rusher from Miami, early, uh, late day one, early day two prospect. And then lastly, Al Blades, their cornerback. Chris, that's going to be it for us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at RaptorMKII. And also follow us at BigBlueView. All right, BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. Head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. 